I'm Jennifer Nielsen, and this is Let It Glow, episode 41. Stop believing the lies you tell yourself. Ready, set, glow. Welcome to the Let It Glow podcast, a happy place where you'll learn how to let yourself shine and discover new ways to design your best life. I'm your host, Jennifer Nielsen. Hello and welcome to another podcast episode. If I sound extra happy today, it's because I am officially a grandma. And let me assure you, it is as wonderful as everyone says it is. But second to being a grandma and a mom, what I love doing is teaching you how to free yourself from what is keeping you stuck in your life. And one of those things that keeps us stuck is the lies that we tell ourselves. So here today, what we're going to discuss is how to stop doing that. Because what you believe and think is so powerful. Now, we're going to go into this deeper, but really, it is this simple. If you have a thought or a belief that tells you you're not enough, you're a failure, you can't do it, you're not loved, you don't matter, anything that limits you, it's a lie. But our minds are so powerful. We know how to gather evidence to prove our lies. That is what we do. But what I always love to remind people is that same power that lies have, truth, is even more powerful. And you have the ability to shift that. But it's going to take you recognizing when you're doing it and how you're doing it. So did you know that the lies you tell yourself damage your self-confidence? They create disconnect in your relationships? They stifle your parenting, affect your health, and block your financial flow. I mean, lies do not propel you to getting where you want to be. They keep you stuck. And I believe in good and evil, dark and light, Satan, whatever you want to call it. And I can't think of a more powerful way to take you down than with your mind, your thoughts, and your beliefs. So if something isn't working in your life, or if it feels like nothing is working, start by looking at your thoughts and your beliefs. So when I think of good and evil, and I think of how our thoughts work and our beliefs, what I resonate with is love and fear. Because it's really, really important that you start connecting what you're believing, what you're thinking, and how it's creating the way you feel, the way you react, and ultimately your outcomes. So when I think of love and fear, I want to operate in my life from a place of love. And again, this starts with what we believe, and it it just it goes, you know, that whole domino effect. So I'm going to go through kind of a list of what it looks like to operate from a place of love versus a place of fear. And this quote by Marion Williamson just kind of sums that up, why this is so important. Love is what we are born with. 
Fear is what we have learned. Who you are, who you are born to be is love and hope and goodness. And you have talents and gifts and all of that. But somehow throughout our life, whether it's from parents, environment, trauma, whatever it is, we start adopting and believing these lies or these perceptions that other people have about us. And then we begin to make them true about ourselves. And so when you look at love versus fear, when you're in place of love, it's connection versus fear is disconnect. A place of love is when you're you're working out, you know, from your heart versus your mind, which is when you're in a place of fear. Love, there's acceptance versus judgment with fear. With love, you're selfless versus being self-centered when you're coming from a place of fear. Love is hopeful versus fear is hopeless. Love, you go inward versus fear, you go outward. Love is when you surrender to what is. Fear is when you have to control. Really, love feels good. It feels hopeful. Lies hurt. Fear hurts. And it keeps you stuck. So it is vital that you start paying attention to how you feel and connect that to what you're believing and what you're thinking. Because it is absolutely connected and you're doing it every day and you may not even realize it. So I'm going to challenge you to pick one area to work on out of these seven areas. And I'm going to kind of go over them a little bit deeper. But as I'm doing this, I want you to continue to make that connection between what you believe turns into how you feel, to how you react, and then to the outcomes you're getting in your life. It's all connected. So if you want to operate from a place of love and and hope, pay attention. And like I said, pick one area to work on. So when you're in a place of disconnect, you often rely on buffers to numb the fear, whether that's your phone, sleep, food, drug, alcohol, sex, whatever it is. When we disconnect, we need buffers and those coping mechanisms. And they're not all innately bad. It's just we tend to overuse them when we're trying to disconnect. And when you think of connection, a place of love is when you're connecting with others, whether through phone or text or interaction, going on walks, or if you're connecting with yourself, which is meditation, exercise, just journaling, therapy, any of that. And then when you're trying to connect with God, we do that through prayer and studying. So look at the difference in your life and see where you're disconnecting and where you're connecting and see what's playing out more in your life. If you're feeling disconnected, then look at those ways that you connect that I discussed. So when you come from a place of your mind versus your heart. Now, when your mind, it's when you start believing your thoughts, your fears, your perceptions, your stories, and everything you hear on the news. But when you're in place of your with your heart, which is that place of love, it's your trusting your inner knowingness. You're understanding that your thoughts and your feelings and beliefs are not facts. Now, next we look at judgment versus acceptance. When you're in place of judgment, you're focusing on what everyone else is doing and how they're doing it wrong. You're judging yourself. 
But when you're in that place of love, that place of acceptance, you're not focusing on what everyone's doing wrong. You're not making others wrong. You're not making yourself wrong. You're accepting what is. It is so freeing. Trust me on this one. Now, when you look at being self-centered versus selfless, self-centered is basically when you're not looking for ways to serve. It's when you're in that place of wallowing and just self-loathing, and it's just you're probably in your bed or you're, you're just hiding out from the world. But in your place of being selfless, you are looking for ways to serve and to support others who might be struggling. Now, I always give the little asterisks here that being selfless does not mean not taking care of yourself. It just means looking for ways to serve others while still taking care of yourself. Now, the, the next one is being hopeless versus hopeful. Now, if you buy into the doom and gloom, if you focus on what's not working, that's what's going to grow. That's what you're going to get more of. If you focus on being hopeful, which is a place of love, it feels good, then you have hope for the present and the future, and you focus on what's working. Again, what you feed grows. Now, let's look at being outward versus inward. Now, when you're looking outward and you're in that place of fear, it's when you're looking outward for something or something else to change to make you happy, or that you fear that something outside of yourself will make you unhappy. So you're not living in a place of being inward that means I can take responsibility for my happiness, for my own fears, and I can be accountable for that no matter what's going on outside of me. And then the last one, which it's really important to like spend some time on this one, is being controlling versus surrendering. When we're in that place of being controlling, we tend to micromanage everything. We try to assert control in any way that we can, and it doesn't work. But when you learn to surrender, which again, fear is like, I have to be in control. If I'm not in control, things won't work out. If I don't do this, then it won't be done right. I don't trust other people. I need to be in control. You can feel how frantic that is and how exhausting that is. But when you're in a place of surrendering, you understand that you can control what you can control, and then you let go of what you can't control. But for the most part, you just turn it over to God, the things that you don't know what to do with. And it feels so much better. So again, as you kind of listen to all of these I went over, take the opportunity to focus on one this week and check in with yourself. And we're going to focus now on that place of love. Look at connection. We're looking if you're coming from a place from your heart acceptance, being selfless, hopeful, inward, and surrendering. Look at what area you can focus on and go deeper with that. So I'm going to do a quick dig around a client that I just worked with actually last week and kind of show you how when you believe the lies that you tell yourself, how it impacts you. And what's really interesting with this particular client is she didn't have an event or something that was triggering her. Nothing had really happened. And we don't have to even have anything specific to do the dig, although that is part of the process, but we can just skip that. 
because it's never really about the event anyway. It's what we believe about it that keeps us stuck and keeps us in chaos and causes the suffering. So the belief that she had was that she deserves a life of misery and it will never get any better. And it took us a little bit to get to this, but this is literally where like, she was operating from. And of course, when you've resigned yourself that you deserve a life of misery and that will never get any better, the way that she was feeling was hopeless and crappy. And she wasn't progressing. And she just felt um, flatlined in her life, no joy. And the way she was reacting was really, she was, you know, when we look at fight, flight, or freeze, she was just frozen. Like, and, and we talked about, you know, when you disconnect, that's a real big way that we show that we're frozen. We, you know, turn to these coping mechanisms, these buffers, and that's what she was doing with food, with Netflix, and she was just like checking out. And so really the outcome that she was getting is that she was feeling worse. She was feeling more miserable the more that she bought into this belief, the more that she felt this way and, and you know, slipped into these like, you know, buffering these dis- into disconnecting. And really the outcome that she wanted was just to feel like she was okay, to have hope. But all of this that she was doing was just feeding that lie that she deserved to be miserable and that she it was never going to get any better. So as we go through the process of the dig in the next section, the question is, is it true? Did she deserve a life of misery? And was it never going to get any better? And even just sometimes speaking what we're believing and what's, you know, we're, we're carrying with us, when we say it out loud, it seems kind of silly. And so, of course, she was able to say that, no, I don't deserve to be miserable. And it, it, it might be able to get better, but she was still having a hard time believing that. But she was able to say at least, no, that is not true. And even if she couldn't get past that, that next question, is it serving you? It was an easy no, because she knew it wasn't serving her. But where she got really emotional and where we found a lot of connections to this belief was when we looked at past wounds or experiences. She grew up in a very dysfunctional family. And I would imagine that many of you can relate that you received a certain kind of label growing up. And even positive labels keep you stuck. And in her case, it wasn't a positive label. She was dubbed the trouble child. That was her label early on. And this role just seemed to carry on into school. She got in trouble at school. She didn't do well. And then in high school, she dated guys and did things that just got her in more trouble that just reaffirmed and validated that she was the trouble child. And this just kept going and going and going. And then when she got married, guess what? She married someone who helped her carry on this belief. He just helped pass on the torch that she was, there was something wrong with her, that she, you know, it, and this marriage that, you know, she's still in has caused her a lot of suffering because she's still believing that there's something wrong with her and that she deserves this because she's a problem. And it will never get better. And this, there is so much proof that she has from the time she was a little girl until now that this is true. 
But as we kind of worked through this and I helped her like break this down and to see that she's actually creating this and allowing this to perpetuate in her life. And when she looked at how this is holding her back, it was painful for her. It's affecting everything in her life, the way she parents, the way she feels about herself. She's in a terribly dysfunctional marriage, which is not uncommon when you've come from a dysfunctional family, unless you heal it, which many of us don't even know we're in a dysfunctional family because that's all we know. So she started connecting the dots and seeing how this was impacting her life. And really for the first time in her life, she realized that she had a choice to change the narrative, to change these beliefs, and to stop believing the lies that others have told her or believed about her, but most importantly, the lies that she's believed about herself. So when we did this dig process, we helped her come up with a new belief that could help set her free. And for her, she wasn't quite ready to say, I deserve happiness. I deserve it. But what she was able to do, we call these ladder beliefs, because at the top of the ladder, it's like, heck yeah, I deserve this. I'm going to make it happen. I got this. She wasn't quite there yet. So we do the ladder belief, that next belief. And for her, it was, I can choose each day to have peace in my life. And for her, just knowing that she could do something every day, that she could choose that, and that's something that was a choice, not just something that was just handed to her, that it was like a life sentence of misery, like this is all you're going to get. Because again, her belief was, I deserve to be miserable and it will never get any better. And just starting each day, I'm going to choose each day, didn't seem overwhelming to her. It seemed doable. And then... We came up with some ways to do that. And some of those I talked about in, you know, previously about connecting versus disconnecting. And that might be a good one for you to start at if, you know, when I talked about picking one to to focus on. Because connection is huge with ourselves, with others, with God. It's it's essential. And so for her, she needed to start connecting with herself and choosing every day to do that. And of course, that got her closer to desired outcome of feeling better, feeling okay, having peace, because that's what she wanted. And I, I, I always check in, and this is part of the process, is how do you feel? Do you feel lighter? When we hold on to limiting beliefs, they create energy and weight in our body that create feelings and reactions, and it just, they can make you feel sick to your stomach. They can cause long-term illness with when we don't resolve them. And so if you can, again, start connecting to how you think, feel, react, how it's affecting your body. And she felt physically lighter, emotionally lighter, spiritually lighter. She felt lighter. And as we kind of looked at the final question, which is how will this impact your life moving forward? It was like the wheels were turning in her head. And I love that moment when I, like, I see that little light bulb go on when I'm working with people. Because this is something that she never thought was possible for her. All she had known was a life where misery was happening to her and that that was what her life was like and that's what she deserved. But from this point forward, she knew that she could catch herself and do something different 
and know that she has a choice if she feels miserable or if she feels peace, that it's a choice and that she gets to decide that. It's not what other people tell her. She gets to decide. And it was powerful because these lies have been holding her hostage for most of her life. And I don't know if you can resonate with this, but are the lies you've been telling yourself holding you hostage? Are they keeping you in that comfortable prison? Are you your own warden where you're keeping yourself locked into that prison of misery, of your beliefs and your thoughts and your fears? I'm here to tell you, stop. It's a choice. It's something you can decide to do differently. But you have to make that choice. Start believing the truth. The truth is, you can figure it out. You are enough. You deserve happiness. All of that is the truth. Anything short of light and hope and love is a lie. I want this for you. I want to be here to support you. Please reach out to me. If you want to go deeper with me, I offer one-on-one sessions. I offer training so you can become a dick specialist to do what I do. You can reach out to me on my Instagram, Jennifer Nielsen, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, Nielsen, N-I-E-L-S-O-N. Anytime, and I have links to all my content there. And then my website is www.thedigmodel.com. But what I just want to remind you is that you are worth fighting for. I've heard many times, and I always kind of laugh, people are like, well, how do you do it? How do you have confidence? Or how did, how did you overcome the trauma that you experienced? How, and I just, it's work. It's a decision. None of this just came to me naturally. None of it. I had to work for my happiness. I still have to fight myself because there's lies that come into my mind all the time. And sometimes in moments of weakness or I'm tired, I believe it. But the really amazing thing is, is that I bounce back quicker. I become emotionally resilient because I know how to do this. And that is what the dig can do for you. So thank you for tuning in. I wish you the best. And until next time, shine on. Thanks for listening to the Let It Glow podcast. If you enjoyed this show, share the love with a friend. This podcast can be found on iTunes or subscribe on my website at www.let-it-glow.com. And remember, let go and let it glow.